Podcaster today with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. Welcome to Rochester Today. Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on a Tuesday like always. Good morning, Tom. Morning, Andrew. So what do you have for us in the mailbag this time? Well, lots of things on contemporary events. Uh, the FBI continues the attacks on Trump that they did before he was elected and since he was elected. And uh, the public isn't uh, happy with it. Um, but this from Gary Varville, the political cartoonist, uh, Attorney General Garland went on the air and uh, he did say this. We apply the law evenly without fear or favor. So Varville uh, shows in the background Clinton, the Epstein Island, uh, Hillary, the Russia hoax and emails, uh, the, the Pelosi's, Paul with his accident, uh, drunken driving, and then Hillary with his alleged, she was, with her alleged inside trading. Then it shows uh, Hunter Biden, uh, half naked, made in China money coming out of a piggy bank, and then Biden with big guy, big guy uh, sign on him. Uh, and then, of course, the people uh, threatening uh, Supreme Court justices at their homes. Uh, so uh, that's the image that he has of, of the FBI. And God, there are people demonstrating over the weekend, defund the police, all right, FBI. Oh, and there's been some threats against FBI agents. So the D.C., uh, uh, office of the FBI, which I visited one time when Mary and I and her brother were in, in uh, Washington, D.C. The FBI headquarters in D.C. has put up barriers. They're concerned enough about the threats. But anyway, that's the Gary Varville uh, cartoon, and we'll probably say more about uh, some of those issues later in the show, you, you or I. Sure. Uh, uh, Dan in, in Nevada. Um, oh, scary. Notice the FBI only goes after Republicans, deplorables, conservatives, and patriots, never Democrats, Antifa, BLM, Hillary, the Biden crime family, demonstrators outside Supreme Court, Justice Holmes. Uh, maybe conservatives and bikers need to park outside the home of some of those leaders, Garland and, and Ray. Then the cops would show up in the mob, and then they'd do something about it. But um, And then Babs uh, from Nevada um, uh, also from Nevada, says, speculating on our attorney general, uh, do you think he stepped in it? Not much of a defense, he mumbled about. This little creep was in line for the Supreme Court. The FBI is sinking further on his watch and Ray's watch. I don't think they have a clue what the rest of the country thinks of them or endures. And if they do have a clue, I don't think they care. And then from Rose, Andy, when I rattle through the mailbag, I try. <coughs> excuse me, I try to get it efficiently, but feel free to interject and add to it, uh, so we don't lose your thoughts on these things. But uh, here's from Rose: If the DOJ, FBI can raid Trump's home, imagine what 87,000 armed RIS, IRS agents are going to do. I wonder if they'll go after conservative businesses like My Pillow, Hobby Lobby, and Chick Fil A. And uh, I'm just flabbergasted as I watch what's happening to this country. Um, it's a coming to a, to a police state. 
uh, I even think Trump's life and safety are in danger. And then one more, mailbag, Jerry Wilson. I read about the raid. Trump allegedly declassified uh, these papers and he declassified the crossfire hurricane FBI uh, political scandals uh, that haven't been released to the public. And one article said an insider at Trump Circle tipped off the DOJ FBI and uh, where, where to look. And that one reason for the raid allegedly is some of the information Trump had on the FBI and I would add to what Jerry said. I read that uh, some of the FBI agents on scene were a couple uh, that Durham is going after for, um, um, let's say, shenanigans. So there's a speculation that's what they were looking for. But anyway, Jerry goes on with other things that are bothering him. But that's the mailbag. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll have uh, more on all of those topics that you brought up or your listeners brought up later in the show. So... We'll do this quick break, and we will return with more of Rochester Today. Tom Ostrom, I'm Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. There is nothing better than celebrating a... Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Rochester Today continues on this Tuesday morning. Tom, this is where we normally talk about some more local state topics. What do you want to start with? Yes. Uh, Lynn Clary is the vice president of of business development at Sterling State Bank, and he has uh, wonderfully managed uh, the Tee It Up for the Troops events uh, at Willow Creek Golf Course for years. And this event takes place this coming Thursday, August 18. And uh, it's a sold out tournament. The public's welcome to come. Uh, registration 10 a.m. then 11 o'clock a parachute jump by uh, Patriot parachute teams uh, the ex-Navy SEAL team will unfurl the U.S. flag and carry it down to the putting green opening ceremonies gold star families Korean War veterans World War II veterans are going to be honored and the course is lined with hundreds of American flags golfing begins uh, at the noon hour 12:30, finishes around uh, 6 p.m. And uh, all of this is for uh, charity events. Uh, they raised nearly $1 million in the past 15 years. And these funds help uh, national and local military and veteran service organizations and uh, many, many other uh, entities like disabled uh, veterans, etc. And uh, it's just a wonderful event and, and it's so inspirational and patriotic. Uh, for more information, you can contact Lynn Clary uh, at Sterling Bank or at 507-254-1104. That's 507-254-1104 for a wonderful, wonderful cause. And I imagine that phone number you just gave out would be the correct one if you could not go to the event but wished to contribute. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, Tom, let's continue on. What's next? Congressional Representative Tom Emmer uh, in the Minnesota delegation has warned that thousands of proposed new IRS agents could easily be weaponized against conservatives like they were in the time of Lois Lerner at the uh, IRS. She went after conservative groups and she pled the Fifth Amendment and nothing happened to her. Uh, Amher thinks we're in danger of that again. 
Um, and he said everybody should be concerned about the raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence and uh, concerned that the Department of Justice, in his view, has been weaponized against uh, American citizens. It's politicized. It's weaponized. And uh, they're going to have 87,000 more IRS agents. And I read the qualifications for those agents. Maybe we'll get into it in national news, but they are armed and they are well-trained. And they, the ads say they want macho guys, not snowflakes, who are willing to arrest and to engage in violence and to use their weapons. The, the ad for those IRS agents is very militaristic. And uh, I'm concerned about that, too. He didn't actually say snowflakes, did it? Uh, no, another article said this is not for snowflakes. Okay, I was going to say, I didn't think the U.S. Department of Treasury would use that term. <laughs> no, 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 they didn't. They did, but but some politicians did. That they're I looking see. for rugged, macho guys, and not snowflakes. Uh, you know, no, the IRS, IRS didn't say it, but the description they had is very militaristic, uh, uh, tougher than the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is in his recruiting. <laughs> I'd have to see. I mean, I've saw some fake stuff circulating on social media. I hope it's not the same stuff. The part well, of the oh, just generalized descriptions of supposedly a, a Treasury Department description of whom they wished or was on the Treasury Department's website, and and I think it was. It's, I'm going to leave it as I don't know that. And uh, to steal I read that it was on the website. I have a description of it later if we have time, if you want nah. to go over this again. I have it on the web. I have an article that says, A, it was on the website. B, it was removed. Okay. That goes along with what I saw as well. And I just, I kind of questioned it. But I don't know. So I'm going to leave it at that too. It may very well be real. It may very well not be. I have no, I'm going to leave it at that. But the, uh, I think the stronger point about this, beefing up the enforcement arm of the IRS and the claims of the Biden administration that it will not impact taxpayers who earn less than $400,000 a year, that's not written in the law anywhere. <laughs> there's nothing, there's no exemption <laughs> written into the new law that says these new hires will not go after people who earn $400,000 a year or less. It may be a policy, but it's not written into the law. And in fact, uh, Yellen, who heads the Treasury Department, kind of clarified that and said, well, we're not planning any changes on the proportion of audits that are targeting people who earn $400,000 a year or less. Well, what does that say? It, it doesn't say what the Biden administration said or their spokesperson said, that's for sure. And... Uh, most of the audits that are conducted on people earning less than $400,000 are random audits. They're your numbers picked out of the picked randomly, your social security number, but you still have to go through all the regular role that a person would have to go under, uh, go through if you were actually suspected of tax evasion. You're going to have to produce all these documents to support whatever deductions you may have taken on your tax return and that is quite a onerous activity for anybody to deal with. It's hard enough when you do. Well, I read taxes. that people. I read that people who are not wealthy or businesses that are not wealthy uh, invariably submit when they get audited. Uh, they just don't have the money to pursue uh, 
court cases. Right. Uh, and then knows that, and that's in their targeting too. Yeah, they people inevitably end up writing a check because they decide that producing all this documentation is either too much work or they can't, can't come through with enough of it to support some of the deductions they have taken, so they just write the check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it is... I, it is quite alarming to people, especially who have partnerships or as corporations where some of these audits are targeted at. And then uh, a state report confirmed that violent crime uh, skyrocketed on, on Governor Waltz's watch. This from Alpha News, uh, Anthony Gakowski. Uh, and, and the statistics are alarming how much uh, violent crime has increased uh, in various categories and carjackings and uh uh, and this from the Department of Public Safety, these statistics, it's very, very alarming. And, uh, and then uh, the Democrats evidently uh, rejected proposals to increase sentences for violent offenders uh, and to hold judges accountable. Uh, the Democrats opposed all of these things uh, and, uh, uh, and, and are reducing time for violent uh, offenders. Uh, said Senator Warren Limmer, chair of the Public Safety and Judiciary Committee. So those statistics uh, are alarming. And then Powerline had the demographics of the crime. And uh, homicides are up 72% and uh, robberies up 30% and assaults up 63%. And then they do this, and I'm going to read it because it's controversial. The racial characteristics of murder in Minnesota are similar to 2020 of the known victims, 123 or 65% of the total were African Americans. Of known perpetrators, um, uh, uh, more, uh, uh, let's see, 76% were African American. And uh, their population, though, was only 10% uh, of the state. And, uh, and, and most of the victims are, are blacks. And and uh, and blacks are in neighborhoods are suing uh, various authorities to do more to protect them because most black people are not criminals; they're the victims too in these crime areas. And it's just rather an alarming picture from from the two sources I just mentioned. Some of the numbers I read were I, I'd like to see where Powerline got the exact statistics from Tom because I what I had was eh, not quite twenty two percent increase in overall violent crime. This is statewide, I got to tell you that, because they might have focused on the Twin Cities. So that could be the difference. But the one I don't know if you mentioned or not, there was a 35% increase in assaults on police officers. And that was uh, 900 different assaults on police officers in uh, 2021. The number of murders total last year statewide is 201 compared to 185 in 2020. This report does not go back to 2019 which disappoints me because right away in 2020 we saw a significant increase in crime from 2019 so this was another significant increase on top of what we saw in 2020 if you went back to 2019 and looked at the numbers maybe that's what powerline is referring to the numbers that you quoted tom maybe they're they went back and did a comparison to 2019 and that, those seem very very plausible if you did that and then, uh, and they did have figures, you're right, increased assaults on police. Uh, and that's occurring nationally, yeah. Yeah, as but, well. Uh, in Minnesota, too. 
So it does, um, it certainly gives a powerful statistical weapon to candidates running on the public safety aspect in the uh, November elections because I've seen on numerous occasions people kind of hoo-hooing the crime situation or trying to downplay it. And that may have included Governor Walls previously, but it's not the case anymore. Uh, the guy has done a 180 on the issue, complete 180. And he's, yeah. you know, last Friday it was like, we're going to keep these state troopers in Minneapolis and our streets are safe and these proclamations. And he was the very same person who resisted deploying the state troopers right. to Minneapolis until it got really, really bad. But I'm sure right. that'll be pointed out by he his opponent. Right. But he did say, you're right, you're right, he did make it clear that he wants crime uh, diminished in the Twin Cities and that he's going to use the various uh, sheriff's department and, and and state troopers in, in, in that objective. All right. We have about, uh, well, time for one more Minnesota item. Do you have anything, Tom? Well, uh, this from Alpha News, uh, Kendall and Sheila Qualls have discussed how progressives are using uh, schools to push their agenda at the expense of academic standards. And uh, they have a, a website fully charged. And it says parents have to be able to decide what schools their children go to. And uh, the indoctrination that they see is, is just a hot button issue. Uh, they say race theory, gender ideology, focus of uh, in, in that sense, and uh, and the Minnesota schools are, are 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 evidently the union is even saying they're going to structure a system whereby when there are layoffs, uh, they're structuring it so that white teachers, regardless of their seniority, will be the first to go. I don't have that article. I read that article. I think I have it in my file for next week. Oh, okay, I did but, read that. Uh, but uh, these things that are going on in public education are are, are certainly concerning. That's it's it for me, for Minnesota. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Before we take the break, how this is portrayed to me because it's one of those one side versus the other side. Um, that if you're a conservative and you wish to point out what you feel are leftist indoctrinations, as you call them, taking place in the schools. You're trying to politicize the schools. But if you're on the other side and you wish to continue the status quo, that that's not politicization at all. That it's just it's that's been used already as an attack against conservative candidates seeking school board seats, that they're seeking to politicize yeah. the school districts. Right. Well but it is political because you have officials that are elected to office like school board members. And you have administrators that are are political, and uh, uh, both sides have a political agenda. It's not necessarily nefarious. It's what their personal philosophies are, and they think their philosophies are best for education. All right, Tom, we do have to take a break for news already. So we will do that and come back with more of Rochester Today on this Tuesday morning. Tom Ostrom's here. I'm Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. It's no secret, if you work in the construction business today, this Tuesday with Tom O and myself, Andy Brownell. Tom, what do you want to start with in the second half of the hour? 
Here I have the uh, article I was talking about, the IRS hiring new employees, including armed and fit federal agents, quote, willing to use deadly force. And it said the IRS pulled the job post after it was criticized. But this is a copy of it and has the IRS uh, symbols on it. And uh, uh, this is uh, 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 Jim Hoft, uh, Gateway Pundit. And it it lists them, looks like an official document, but it said it was deleted from their website after people got alarmed. Okay. It says major duties, adhere to the highest standards of conduct, honesty and integrity, work a minimum of 50 hours a week, including irregular hours, be on call 24 seven, holidays and weekends, maintain a level of physical fitness necessary to respond to life-threatening situations on the job, carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary, be willing and able to participate in arrests, execution of search warrants and other dangerous assignments. That's the list. Well, you know what? While you were reading it off, I tried to do a little bit more research and it does seem that, you know, what you have is what happened there, that it was up for a while and got taken down. I guess maybe so, we shouldn't maybe we shouldn't be surprised in the state of affairs today. The a need to ca- need to carry a firearm and the ability to use it would be part of an IRS agent description. Yeah, but it said with the arms that they are requesting and the ammunition and the number of agents that they are better armed now than some uh, police agencies, even in the federal government. So. Well, I had read a few years ago, Tom, that the Department of Education and even the Department of Agriculture have highly armed SWAT teams, effectively. I don't think that's what they call them, but... Really? Yeah, enforcement teams that have military-style weapons. Granted, it's a relatively small group of these um, officers for these different agencies. Mm. I imagine they wouldn't have to use them very often, but it's surprising that they have them at all. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, Gateway Pundit, uh, Pundit, Christina Layla. FBI agents involved in the Trump raid are under criminal investigation by uh, uh, attorney uh, Durham, uh, the prosecuting attorney, for abusing their power in the Trump-Russia probe. And uh, investigative reporter Paul Sperry found that, and Twitter suspended him when he tried to uh, uh, load the article. And... uh, It's related to classified documents to Spygate and what the FBI was doing to try to uh, uh, destabilize Trump's campaign and then kick Trump out of office. And Trump sued some of the FBI agents uh, uh, that were involved. And a judge recently said uh, the suit is invalid because they were just doing uh, their duties within their responsibilities of carrying out their duties, their assigned duties. Well, my God, uh, we could say that about the Minneapolis police officers that have been imprisoned because of excessive force and, uh, you know. But anyway, uh, the investigators reportedly uh, met in June with Trump uh, and his his lawyers. And and some people say, and another article said it, that 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 might be one reason the FBI agents uh, uh, charged into Mar-a-Lago 
be looking for that evidence. Uh, and uh, so another conspiracy theory that people think isn't a conspiracy. Well, so <laughs> much of this FBI is... The FBI wouldn't let uh, Trump's lawyers be with them when they went through boxes either. And they even went in through uh, Melania's uh, clothes closet and disturbed their clothing. So people are angry about it. I read a survey where independents in the majority are furious about this and uh, are, 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 I think something has to be done and, and uh, uh, that it was excessive and they, even they are more inclined to support Trump now. But, uh, so we'll see how that FBI investigation turns out, what's released, what details can be substantiated and what their cause was. There has to be a lot more information released. So much of this is just pure speculation because there isn't enough information. Now, Garland did make that statement late last week regarding the the arrest warrant but we've had some generalizations about the boxes seized that some are related top secret or for you know i can't remember the exact label but a level above that that would compartmentalize it even more that you know for your eyes only type thing um but what the subject matter of those files would be we have no clue maybe we don't ever find out where they you know where they were, did they deserve classification at this point? Don't know that. Uh, were they documents if they got into the wild, meaning they got released, somehow somebody got into that room, uh, would it be harmful to the United States? We don't know that uh, yet. Um, it's just so many dang questions about this. And it's interesting to me as well that they had access, I guess, the Justice Department to surveillance camera that's installed in Mar-a-Lago that is aimed at the door of the room where these files are stored. And the discussions were ongoing concerning these documents at a level that they actually asked Trump or his people to put a different type of lock on that door that would be more secure, and they did. Mm -hmm. While this dispute over these documents was taking place. And there was a subpoena issued, and apparently that's what the discussions were about, but it... Well, what we really need to know is what caused them to, you know, quote unquote, pull the trigger and, and conduct a raid rather than to continue discussing how and when or what documents needed to be turned over. I, it's, it's one big giant black hole without any information in it right now. So That's I, right. I'm reticent to condemn anybody involved until I know more. I I'm know, not. I know you're not. <laughs> the history of the FBI has been so politicized. Uh, oh, and and uh, Jordan, uh, a Republican member of Congress, uh, and and Senator Grassley of Iowa said that FBI whistleblowers have come in great numbers to their offices and given them documents because they're so tired of the agency they love that they're so proud of being so political. Uh, so that's uh, that's going to unwrap. And then people say. Trump declassified these things anyway, which he had the power to do. And so, uh, uh, and as you say, he had negotiated and was doing fine, evidently, with the federal government on these things. And it's just, uh, why, why, as you said, I think you said, what, what was the trigger? And Tom, I'm a little disappointed you didn't catch me using the word reticent. Oh, that's I I I I, 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 I was proud of you, but I should have commented. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. mentioned the idea of the president, 
his ability to declassify documents. Um, that raises the specter of this thing going all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Because mm -hmm. if what Trump says, that he had a standing order because he would commonly bring documents to Mar-a-Lago to continue his work while he was there on weekends, uh, that they would automatically be dis declassified so he wouldn't be breaking some sort of law by having him with him. Um, uh, I don't know. Does that stand? Uh, does uh, he claims it does? And I and I I'm inclined to bet it. You know, if you looked at it constitutionally, it probably does, because if the Congress were to pass a law that limits his authority to do that, is that constitutionally valid? I don't know. That's something for the Supreme Court to decide. That's right. And then I read that the uh, General Services Administration and the archivists are the ones that loaded the documents into the boxes <laughs> that that went to Trump's house. And they say that uh, uh, President Obama took lots of documents home, too. And uh, but but uh, officials uh, in the Biden administration say, but he didn't take them to his house or some some such okay. thing. Uh, they're they're digitalized somewhere else. What does that mean? Put uh, copied and put on on yeah. flash drive or something but or yeah but if they contain the same information it still is a classified document unless it's been declassified sure oh so, and then this i i think that uh attorney general garland stepped to the television cameras because people were wondering what he did and did he do anything or did uh, fbi director ray handle this and this from breitbart Senior U.S. Department of Justice officials. Now here again, people working in the Justice Department who don't like the raid said they are officials are blaming FBI Director Christopher Wray for the raid on former President Donald Trump in an apparent attempt to take the pressure off uh, U.S. Attorney General Mar uh, Merrick Garland. But I, I, uh, there was a hearing uh, that... Uh, uh, that the Iowa senator uh, mentioned, uh, Grassley, and they were questioning Ray last week before the raid took place. And Ray, they were getting into some of these kinds of politicization accusations. And Ray suddenly said, I have to leave this hearing. Uh, I have an important uh, business uh, and, uh, issue. And he got up and he left. And then he got into his private plane and then reporters found out that he went to his vacation spot in the uh, Adirondack Mountains. So uh, uh, they're going to try to call <laughs> Ray back and Garland back and question him. Kevin McCarthy, uh, the Republican leader in the House, said this is intolerable. This is an intolerable state of weaponized politicization. And uh, uh, Mr. Garland, preserve your documents, clear your calendar. When we take control of Congress, uh, we are going to investigate this. And, and even a man who voted to impeach Trump, Representative Peter Major, a Republican of Michigan, uh, said that Ray and Garland owe us transparency over the justification of setting such a striking precedent. And I think uh, the American people deserve that explanation as well. But what they're talking about is a closed meeting in the U.S. House where they can actually delve into what classified documents are involved in this and the need for the raid. I, I wonder, you know, if the impact of what happened at Mar-a-Lago on the November elections, I, the one thing that 
is going to make it difficult for um, former President Trump and his supporters on this is that some of his own statements that he made after Comey declined to seek charges. I'm not even sure it was Comey who said that. But back when it was when the email server issue was up and that investigation was taking place and uh, his anger over Hillary Clinton not having to face charges, he made some comments that, you know, if it was up to him, those kind of violations would land you in jail. Well, they're, mm-hmm. they're similar. The allegation is similar. We'll see. Yes. Yeah. All right. We'll take a quick break, Tom. Unless you have something more on that topic. Oh, I'm kind of exhausted with it. You go okay. ahead and put the frosting <laughs> on the cake, Andrew. <laughs> we'll take a break and we will come back with more of Rochester Today with Tom Ostrom, myself, Andy Brownell on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. This is the Family Service Rochester Mental Health Minute. And Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Rochester Today, Tuesday morning. Tom, what do you want to cover next in our last few minutes of the program? In foreign affairs, uh, Wayne sent this. I didn't put it in the mailbag because I knew I was going to cover the topic now. I didn't want to talk about the topic twice. Uh, Wayne sent uh, China's Xi Jinping plans to meet with Biden uh, uh, later, I think in November. And and uh, Wayne said uh, that Xi-Biden meeting is interesting. They're going to meet in November in Asia because in October, President Xi will be uh, reelected as president of China. And uh, if the Democrats suffer a, a defeat, uh, Biden will be quite weakened. And he thinks President Xi will read the riot act to Biden and, and uh, a congressional delegation of Democrats visited Taiwan again a few days ago. So uh, he said he will he will disrespect him. But she is is planning to meet with uh, Biden then and in, in, uh, in, in Asia and what they will talk about remains to be seen, of course. And she's having his own economic problems. And again, the Taiwan issue that is so so angered him. And we'll yeah. see what happens then in November. And Southeast Asia is going to host the meetings because China is so important in that region. So is the U.S. And uh, the economic ties that are necessary, even though there's political friction, a lot has to be talked about. And uh, you mentioned the economic difficulties in China. There's, we were just out this week, and this is by China's own admission that the their economy is contracting faster than they anticipated for a variety of reasons, some of them being Xi's own policies, uh, restricting the more entrepreneurial aspects that had been encouraged previously, but also the continued um, pandemic restrictions uh, in China, the continued strict quarantines that are taking place, and also uh, their real estate market continues to implode. Uh, it's in a state of utter disarray after some of these uh well basically because she cut the uh, cut the I, I don't know umbilical cord might be the best way to describe it that yeah, some the of these comp- yeah some of these companies were receiving state assistance to continue building these massive apartment projects while selling bonds to people to also help support them and then boom 
Those bonds became worthless overnight and construction just halted. Uh, and it's been a disaster. And they've actually had to lower interest rates in China now in order to try to spur development to try to get things going again while Xi is preparing for those that big vote in October. I think it's still a foregone conclusion that he'll be able to consolidate power again. But yeah, uh, perhaps he I won't be as strong as he thinks he or wishes he could be. And why doesn't he think twice about that uh, political unit across the straits, uh, you know, Taiwan, that has a, a formidable, it's one of the significant economies it's up on the top of the list. Why doesn't he look over there and wonder why that is as he tries to uh, denigrate the capitalistic reforms that, that China had had? He, he doesn't know that his problems are caused by himself. <laughs> Um, I, I think he might know it. I don't, you know, I'm just speculation. He doesn't care. His power is power. And he has as much power as Mao had at his peak, it seems. Uh, yeah. He kind of holds all the reins over there now. And as far as Taiwan is concerned, I, I think after what we've seen um, since Nancy Pelosi's visit and this latest delegation that went there, that all the saber rattling was more for the home audience than it was for the international community. He's trying to spark that nationalistic uh, wave ahead of this October vote and get people focused on that instead of their own economy. Right, right. And then uh, the Ukraine has had some significant successes, uh, increasing uh, Russia's loss of tanks, uh, vehicles of, of all types, uh, a loss of personnel, defeats on the, on the battlefield, uh, blowing up a, an airport where uh, uh, the Russians had uh, uh, MiG fighter planes and other things, and it said a total of 43,550 Russia military personnel have been killed, and, and, and an additional 150 killed. This is Ukrainian sources, though, just last Saturday, but vehicles, fuel tankers, aircraft, this uh, rocket system that, that Ukraine is using, artillery systems, uh, everything else, that uh, uh, Putin is still paying a price. But whether Ukraine can expel them, uh, that remains to be seen. Just think of that, Tom. The death toll that you just reported, which is based on Ukrainian sources, but I've seen similar numbers from other sources as well. That's, that's equal to what this country, our country, lost during the entire Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. That's you. You'd think that's got to have repercussions back in the motherland for Putin politically. I'd mm-hmm. read last week that they're going to prisons and offering amnesty to prisoners if they'll sign a contract to go fight in Ukraine. Mm. Well, with that, we have to we have to run to stage left, Tom, and exit for today, and get back <laughs> together again on Thursday. Okay. All right, Tom Ostrom, thanks so much. Again, Thursday, we'll be back with more of Rochester Today here on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Ad paid for by the Centennial Group. Attention, Marines, military.